This is Matt Neely, and you're listening to the Titans Film Room Podcast. Welcome in, Titan fans. Today we're going to be reviewing the Texans game and the playoff picture as it stands right now. Um, some of the stuff we're going to have to do to actually make it to the playoffs. And uh, more of going into depth to the kind of special child that are the Texans. We really don't like them. We are the Houston Oilers. And we are number one. The Texans will forever be the little brother that wants to be the Oilers, but will never be the Houston Oilers. Would you rather face Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or, this is legit, Ryan Tannehill? I will blitz Brady because he doesn't have the mobility to escape the pocket. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, he scares you. You don't let him beat you with his arm. You keep him in the pocket and okay. you try to suffocate the run game. I don't know what you can stop when it comes to Tannehill. This is a great time. I love this. this what a time to be alive. I'll take Brady. I will take Rodgers. I am not facing Ryan Tannehill because the wide receivers are making plays. AJ Brown looks like All a right. pro bowler. Corey Davis will make plays for him. They have a host of tight ends that will beat you up and catch out of the backfield. But what is it about Ryan right. Tannehill that is so scary? What because is he, he, has, he has a guy behind him that is playing like the best running back in football, and that is Derrick Henry. And on top of that, Ryan Tannehill is not turning the ball over. Oh, oh, oh. And one more thing, when the play breaks down, yeah. Ryan Tannehill can run faster than Aaron Rodgers, yes. and we know he can run faster than Tom Brady. I'm not facing Ryan Tannehill right now. I love it. Clean sweep right now. I'd, I'd rather face Brady than Tannehill. Brady. I, I mean, Tannehill right now is so dialed in. They've all dialed into him. He's got the juice. That was a clip from Good Morning Football, which airs on the NFL Network. That's just one of many clips out there, people gushing on the Titans. Um, it's been a hot topic in the media. Ryan Tannehill, comeback player of the year buzz. Titans, team to beat buzz. James, can I get a britches report? Dude, I threw the britches off my balcony. They're somewhere in the street. I think some dogs took them and ran off. They're gone. I'll never see them again. Who needs britches at this point with no. this offense? They're gone. This offense is so good and had such a good week in Oakland that Ryan Tannehill won AFC Player of the Week. Derrick Henry won FedEx Ground Player of the Week. And A.J. Brown is in contention for Offensive Rookie of the Week. And that might already be over, actually. I'm not really sure how it works. But if it's not, you should go vote for him to win the Pepsi whatever Rookie of the Week thing. The Titans sweep in the, on that. That just shows how amazing the offense performed. People will say Henry getting the FedEx ground player of the week will be rigged because Art's dad is the CEO. But, I mean, Henry did all of that with one hamstring, so I think it was very deserving. He had 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns. No other running backs did that this week, or last week, I mean. On one so, hamstring. With one hamstring. it'll be. Hen- I think it's Henry's third or fourth win of the year, something like that. He should win every week because of Art Smith's connections. I don't know what the deal is with that. But speaking of Derrick Henry, he did not practice on Wednesday. I'm thinking that's likely a maintenance day. They've been taking care of him. I'm sure he is hurt and banged up, but I don't think that his status against the Texans is in jeopardy. But Adoree Jackson and Adam Humphreys also didn't practice, and their status is definitely in jeopardy. Neither one played against Oakland. It'd be great if they came back, but honestly, if they want to just pulled out of Dory Jackson until week 17 when they really, really need him. I'm okay with that. Um, assuming that he's not healthy, of course. And um, Darren Bates left practice early. He might be hurt or that might be maintenance. 
And I think everyone else is pretty much okay, including Kenny Vaccaro and LaShawn Sims, who returned to practice on Wednesday. So we'll have to check the Thursday injury report to see the updates there. And then obviously on Friday, we'll have a better idea of who's going to play. But right now it looks like Jackson and Humphreys are really in jeopardy. Uh, I really think we need him this week. Uh, especially, I don't know if Will Fuller's going to play. Um, I think it's pretty important that he's back, considering they have, what, Kenny Stills, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Deshaun Watson, who can kind of create some time with his legs. And then, you know, the pass rush is always kind of iffy. Like, either we're getting sacks on sacks, or it's never there and they have all day to throw. And I'm really scared that Watson's going to have all day to throw with those wide receivers. Yeah. The, the Texans have a ton of speed on offense They have multiple four, three sub four, three guys. Will Fuller was limited um, on in Wednesday's practice, but he did participate in that limited capacity. So there's a good chance that he could ramp up throughout the week and end up playing in this game. Um, yeah, the Texans' offense is really what you worry about. At this point, their defense is pretty bad. Um, I think they're low 20s in past, DV, past defense DVOA. They allowed the Broncos to, to throw all over them in the game last week, and that's how they they lost 38-24. to 24. They got killed at home. Drew Locke on 27 pass attempts, 22 completions, threw for 309 yards and three touchdowns. He did have one interception, but Deshaun Watson on the other side of the field threw 50 times. For only 298 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Not Watson's best game. Playing from behind all game, and um, an early, an early turnover by the by the Texans' offense set them back really bad. Uh, the the Broncos returned the ball for a touchdown in a really bizarre fashion. The lineman picked it up and lateraled it or handed it behind him to Kareem Jackson, who ran it to the rest of the way to the end zone, and uh, suddenly the in the second quarter the Broncos scored again. It's 21-0. And so the Texans were playing from behind. That's a good way to beat them. They are 31st in the NFL in first quarter points scored. Um, the Titans have been a second half team this year too. So that's kind of a weakness on weakness matchup. But if the Titans can get to an, get off to an early start, maybe avoid a third straight game with a turnover on their opening possession. What do you think about their chances to get out to an early lead and and win against Houston in that kind of fashion. Well, I think the big thing is getting the turnovers out of the way um, or just completely eliminate them. I really don't know which (laughs) because it seems like we have an early turnover that sets us behind, and then we eventually come back from that. But I really don't want to give the Texans any momentum in this game because I feel like once you get them rolling, they can pretty much beat any team in the league. So... It's really just about keeping them down early and keeping our foot on the gas. So honestly, I'd like to, I like our chances, provided we can keep the turnovers to none. Yeah, you got to protect the football, and that's um, if we're talking about getting out to an early lead and beating them down that way. The Baltimore Ravens did the same thing, scoring the first 12, thirty-four points of that game. But at halftime, it was 14-0, to and then they scored early in the third quarter to make it 21-0 and just coasted the rest of the way. Getting off to that early start by avoiding those turnovers, those things go hand-in-hand, hand, so I'm totally with you. Um, I think it's interesting if you look at the, the Texans' record in one-score games this year while we're on the subject of blowing them out. Um, if you get off to that lead, you have a good chance of beating them. But in one-score games, the Texans are 6-3 and three this season, which is a pretty good record considering 
historically one score games are thought to just be pretty much even over the long term. So six and three is either fluky or good. And the Titans are only three and two in one score games. Although they are three and zero since Tannehill took over as the starting quarterback in one score games. Those being the Chargers, the Buccaneers and the Chiefs games. Anyway, um, I think the Titans want it to be not a one score game with the way the offense is playing lately. Score early and often and force the Texans into to be one dimensional. That's how you beat them. Texans are 31st in the league in red zone scoring defense. Titans have the number one red zone scoring offense in the NFL. Just move the ball, give it to Henry, target those big receivers. And honestly, if you look at this game on paper, the way both teams have been playing over the last few games, it kind of looks like the Titans should be heavy favorites. <laughs> uh, I think there were three point favorite on Bovada the last I checked I, uh, I'm gonna have to double check that um, but I know Henry's health is gonna be really important for this game because if we can just run the ball down their throats and keep the, the offense off the field we're gonna destroy them in this game yep it's interesting to note that Denver last week was very good in the short passing game 12 for 14 for 107 yards and two touchdowns on throws that were targeted between 0 and 10 yards downfield and between 10 and 20 yards downfield, Drew Locke was 4 for 6 for 118 yards. So kind of a dink and dunk style passing game, getting the ball to playmakers in the flat over the middle in space, using play action and the threat of Derrick Henry. We talked about Ryan Tannehill off play action last week. We talked about it on our last podcast. Most yards in the league off play action we've seen this season and um, second most of the last four years. That's the way the Titans can take advantage and get the ball to A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and Derrick Henry, too, in space. Jonu Smith, the big tight end. We saw Noah Fant last week go off for over 100 yards and a touchdown receiving. Um, So get the ball to Jonu Smith in space and let him break tackles and run downfield. Again, I think the Titans can beat this team. I have a question. What advantage, if any, do you think the Titans have with Mike Frabel, Pat O'Hara, and Shane Bowen all on staff, all formerly on Bill O'Brien's staff with the Texans? I mean, I think they have uh, a, a slight advantage. I mean, what, it's been three years. There's new, new players on that team, new players on that defense. J.J. Watt, Clowney, they're all gone, so Vrabel really doesn't have that anymore because he probably worked with those two almost exclusively. Um, Woody Merciless. Merciless. Um, credits credits Mike Vrabel with being the guy who developed him. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe Watson, maybe some tendencies. I don't, you, you really don't know how much he's evolved since uh, Vrabel's been there. Pat O'Hara. Exactly. So, I mean, maybe you have some tendencies, what he likes to do, what he, but honestly, I think you just need to review what they've been doing this year and going off that and maybe using some of the knowledge that you've had beforehand. But, if you just kind of think you're going to go in there with just what you have without really seeing what they've been doing this year, I think you, you're setting yourself up to get hit in the mouth. I agree. We saw last year the, the the Titans against the Texans were able to use their knowledge of the Texans special teams to get that fake punt touchdown that Kevin Byard threw to Dane Crickshank um, when Mariota oh. was not playing with Blaine Gabbard at quarterback. But then we also saw that same team try to hand the ball off to Luke Stalker because of something, some tendency they thought on the goal line. And Luke Stalker was met head on by two defenders. So I'm not sure if uh, maybe the Texans know what Mike Vrabel knows and would then adjust to trick him. 
maybe that lesson with the Luke Stocker play last year taught him that he can't rely on what he used to know being on staff there. So I'm not sure if there's any advantage left. I think maybe in their first game that they used the up, they used up all the advantage. And I don't think the Titans need that advantage. I think that they're a better team right now at this point in the season based on the last few games, a handful of games. Um, I think the Titans should win. Predictions, final score predictions, or or any bold stat predictions? 31 to 14 Titans. Ryan Tannehill, 350 plus yards and two touchdowns. No turnovers. Ooh. And Derrick Henry has another 100 yards. I mean, it's tough to believe that a team can just keep winning and winning and winning, but the Titans have been doing it. They've won four straight. Let's make it five. I agree with your score prediction, and I'm not going to, I'm just going to copy it. I copy you. Let's take a quick break so that we can talk about the AFC playoff picture scenarios for the Titans to get into the playoffs based on what could happen this weekend and beyond when we come back from this quick break. It needs to be loud, it needs to be packed, it needs to be filled. You know, um, you know, we, we know at the beginning of the season, you know, it's kind of rough, you know. Trying to find our identity, but you know, we got this thing rolling, so we need our fans to back us up. You know, it's a big game, division opponent, so we hope everybody's there. We hope it's loud. We want them, you know, to feel everything, you know, you know, from our fans screaming. We just need a lot, a lot of support in the big game. Derrick Henry says we need the fans to be at Nissan Stadium this weekend because he wants to make the playoffs. He wants to make a playoff run. It starts this weekend, but. What if the Titans lose to the Texans? Can they still make the playoffs? Let's talk about the scenarios. This game, this weekend, is pretty much for control. It's not for the person, it's not, it doesn't clinch anything. It gives the team that wins this game the controlling place to control their own destiny for the rest of the season, right? Right. Now, one thing that's interesting is that the Texans if the Titans and Texans end up splitting, that will mean that the Texans have ended up with a higher or with a better division record than the Titans because of the early losses to the Colts and the Jags. And that would have mean they would lose one more to the Texans, three and three. Texans would be four and two. So the Texans have the tiebreaker. So that so it means it does mean slightly different things for these two teams. The Texans can give up a game and have a play-in game for week 17, which means they could hold back all their schemes and not overwork any important players or anything like that and uh, rest the injured guys like Will Fuller and just try to win the week 17 game and make that a play-in game. But it's a risky strategy because if they lose it, they lose it, but it might put the Titans in a disadvantage. I just think it's an interesting scenario how the, the Texans have that upper hand because of the early season division losses that the Titans suffered. I mean, if uh, the Colts actually beat the Saints, the Saints are going to have something to play for. Uh, the game might get flexed, I think, was the news that I heard. It might get flexed in the Sunday Night Football. The Titans-Saints game. Yeah, Titans-Saints game week 16. Right. Um, I think there's a high probability that's going to happen. Now, if the Saints win, if they win against the Colts this week, do they have anything to play for week 16? Um, yeah, I think the Saints would definitely have something to play for week 16, just to the first round by. It's still, they're still in contention. Um, 
they might actually have less to play for if they lose to the Colts this weekend because that might knock them out of contention for the first round by if the Niners and the Vikings and the Packers and the Seahawks all win or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So the Steelers are the team that if the Titans do end up losing that Week 17 game to the Texans after winning Week week 15, and if they beat the Saints in Week 16, the Steelers are the team that they're competing for for the last wildcard spot, assuming the Bills don't drop out of the fifth spot. So the Steelers have to play the Bills this weekend, and then they play the Ravens in Week 17. So they have a couple tough games on the schedule, but if they lose to the Bills, then the Bills will pretty much have the five seed locked up or or potentially be competing with New England for the actual for the AFC East, which is interesting anyway. But if the Steelers win, then they will maintain that lead over the Titans, even if the Titans win this weekend. Steelers just have to lose at some point. And if the Titans lose a game over the next three, then the Steelers have to lose twice. So we are rooting against the Steelers hard because it's very possible, as I just mentioned, that the Texans are planning for the Week 17 game, knowing that's the only one they actually have to win. Even if they lose to the Bucks in Week 16, I mean, the Titans have to beat the Saints. I don't know. There's a lot that could happen. They just have to beat us once. Right. And if they, if they should be coming into this game trying to take it, because if they take this one, they can just pretty much coast, and that 17 game might not mean anything. That's true, too. That's true. So, honestly, they should not be looking to the Week 17 game. They should be looking to right now. Wow. I, I didn't consider that. Yeah. That's true. So, this is a huge game. The Titans have to win. Um, root against the Steelers, but <laughs> root for the Titans, because if the Titans can go 3-0 and over the last three games of the season, they obviously will make the playoffs. They'll have a chance to take the three seed from the Chiefs, unless the Chiefs also win out. So, because the Titans beat the Chiefs, they have a head-to-head tiebreaker there, assuming they end up head-to-head tied. So, that's a big deal that that could come into play for the seeding. And there's still a scenario where the Titans end up playing the Texans three times in four weeks if they end up matched up in the first round of the playoffs, depending on how other teams do. If other teams lose and the Titans end up taking like the, the three seed and then Houston ends up in the six because Buffalo gets the five or whatever, they would play each other in round one. That'd be interesting. Or they could end up at four and five and play each other in round one if the Bills lose a, a few more games. You know, there's, there's still a lot that can happen. Um, but as far as making the playoffs... Just win. <laughs> That's it. That's we just went out and then worry about everything else later. This game being at home is a big game. It's a code blue issued by the Titans. Everyone has to go. That's just the rule. If you live in Nashville and you have the means and ability and the time to go to the game and you choose to sit on your couch instead or go to a sports bar instead, you you could be part of the solution to bringing the bringing the people to Nissan and filling the the crowd and filling the stands and backing the players, or you could be part of the problem. Which would you rather be? I mean, I don't live in Nashville, James. I know you don't live in Nashville. So unfortunately we, we can't make it to this game, but if you do, please go. Please, please, please. We need to start showing our phases and that includes me too. I need to start finding ways to, get some money together and actually make these games in Houston and hopefully not die. (laughs) If you own a throwback jersey, an Oilers, Titans Oilers jersey, I suggest you wear it 
<laughs> I got my Earl Campbell one. I suggest you wear it. We will be back soon. We'll recap this game. This game is on Sunday. We'll be back on Monday night to recap the game. And then that'll be it. Jimmy might be with us. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We might have Jimmy with us. Jimmy Morris. All right. Be sure to find the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Search Music City Miracles and subscribe if you want to. We'd, we'd like it if you do. And if you like it, perhaps talk about it with your friends. Be like, hey, that's a cool podcast. You should listen to it. And then other people can listen. And that's how we can grow. But that's it. Follow James on Twitter. Our boy James just hit a thousand followers on Twitter. It's so exciting. Join the crowds. Get get on board while you still while there's still room on the James train. Please. It's at South Texas Titan. And you can follow me at Titans Film Room. We'll be back soon talking more Titans. So just wait a little bit and get loud this weekend, because it's gonna be a good game. We love you, Titans fans. Code blue. Tighten up. For the boys on three. One, two, three. Oh,